Chapel. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Is there anybody else that's ready to rejoice? Can you say it with me? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. I know you may have been through some things this week, but can you say, let us rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us through another week. And this is the first of December, the last month in 2023. And can't we say hallelujah? Hallelujah. I made it to another December. To those of you that are online with us, uh, press that share button and bring somebody else into the house. And to all of you that I see your smiling faces this morning, we are just so glad that you are here at K Chapel, 1000 Ridgeway. Can we say hallelujah to the Lord again? Praise his holy name. Let us pray. Oh God. Thank you, Lord. You woke us up this morning. And we didn't have to wonder whether or not our feet could hold us up. We didn't give a second thought to whether or not our eyes could be open and we could find our way through our bedrooms. And God, we didn't even worry about whether or not the water would come on. Oh, hallelujah. And you got us here, Lord. And we don't take it for granted. God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to worship together, come together on one accord, to lift and praise your holy name. Now, Lord, some of us buried family this past week. Some of us had to say goodbye to a very good friend. But you spared us, God. And we know that you brought us here to receive your word. You, you brought us here, Lord, so that we could worship together in honesty and in truth. And God, we are not so selfish to keep it to ourselves. When we leave this place, God, we are ready to tell a dying world that the wages of sin is death. But there's a God who is able, and we thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, as our pastor comes before us with the word, with the food for today, let us hide it in our hearts. Let us take it in, Lord, and understand that this is what we need to make it. Bless us right now, Lord. Every song that's sung every scripture that's read. Let it fill us up, Lord, so that we will be able to leave here ready to serve. And we will never take you for granted. 
you are the true and the living God. You are the one that gave us our Jesus so that we would have salvation. And we are ready to enter the season that we know that it is because of the birth of Jesus that we are able to say that there is another place already prepared for us. And we give you glory, God. We thank you, Lord. And now, Lord Jesus, as we enter this service, we do so knowing that we will be blessed. It is in the precious name of Jesus. And every saint say amen, amen, and amen. And now we're going to sing that song, Lord, you are good. Hallelujah.
Lord is good. Good morning, K Chapel. Today's scripture will come from the book of Galatians, chapter 4, and I begin reading the fourth chapter, the fourth verse, I'm sorry. But when the set time had fully come, Jesus sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might be received adoption to sonship. That'd be the fourth verse through the fifth verse. God's word for God's people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that you shield me behind the cross and let my words meditate the minds of those who are seen today. Today, God, we are gathered in this sanctuary to praise your holy and righteous name. I pray this morning that nothing is done or said that will restrict our praise or that will, would, that will hinder our worship and that you allow our minds to be clear and remain so ever focused on you. Today, Father, we are going to be free to open our hearts to receive you. We are going to let a dying world know today that in this church, we believe that through Christ Jesus, miracles can happen. That through Christ Jesus, hearts can be mended. Through Christ Jesus, lost souls can be brought to salvation. Through Christ Jesus, hurt bodies can be mended. So in this service, God, I pray that through this devotion, you intercede as only you can and touch every single person under the sound of my voice in a special way and allow them to use today's message to take away something to find their own resolve. Most of all, Father, bless the deliverer of your precious word and the shepherd by which it's being delivered. Allow us to satisfy the thirst of our hearts and fill our bellies up with our soul of words. Create within us a clean and satisfying love that only you can to encourage us to shout at the call of the Son, Jesus. So in that, Father, we ask that while in this service you give our minds so much rest, that we will place focus primarily on you. Bless those that are in need, grant those that are without, and appeal to those that are still struggling to get closer to you. And Father, protect those who cannot protect themselves. Keep us forever in the bosom of your arms and give us peace and comfort. This is our prayer, and I submit it in the precious and matchless name of your son, Jesus the Christ. Let us all say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Anybody know the Lord is good? Anybody know the Lord is good? He is good. In fact, he's better than good. He's better than good. He's sweeter than good. He's gooder than good. He's, he's just good. I have two or three witnesses in here. My God, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't mind praising him for a while, let's just go on and praise him for his goodness. Praise him for his mercy. Praise him for his excellent greatness. Hallelujah. You've been so good, you've been so good. Anybody declare that this morning he's been? You've been so good, so good, oh, you've been, you've been, you've been 
so good. Hey, you've been so to me, to me. <laughs> yeah, come on, let's say that. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. You've been so good. Lord, you are good. You've been better than good. I can't praise you enough. I owe you my life. Can't praise you enough. Even if I try, here's why. Cause <laughs> say you've been so good. You've been mighty, mighty good. Yeah, you've been so good to me. Y'all take it up one time. Hey, Lord. Say you've been. Lord, you are good. Better. I can't praise you enough. I owe you my life. Can't praise you enough. Even if I try. Cause you've been so good to me. Come on, wait. Take it one more time. Say, Lord, Lord. Come on, tell him this morning. Say, Lord, you. If I try, cause you so good. Come on, stay right there. You been so good. You been so good. Tell them you've been so good to me. I don't know about anybody else, but you've been good to me. And when I start to think about how many ways he's done it, here's what he's done. So many doors you've opened. So many ways you made. So many times you healed me. You've been better than good to me. So many doors you've opened, so many ways. So many times you've been better than good. So many doors, so many ways, so many times. Hey, you've been better than good. 
been good. You've been gooder than good. You've been sweeter than good. Hey, you've been better than good. He's been better than good. You've been better than good. You've been. Has it been good? So good. I can't count the ways. I can't. Over and over again, he keeps doing things I don't deserve. He's so good. Sing it, sweet. You've been so good. You've been so good. Now sing it real sweetly, just the voices. So good. Let him hear it, let him hear it. Tell him, Doc, you mean it. Tell him again, Lord, you been? So good. You've been so good. One more time, you've been? So good. Hallelujah to me. Come on and give him a great big praise. If the Lord has been good to you, come on and give him a great big praise. If the Lord has been opening doors for you, come on and give him a great big praise. He's been that good. And he deserves the highest praise. Oh, come on and praise him in this house. You who are watching, go on and praise him in your house. If the Lord has been good, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is great and so greatly to be praised. Amen. 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 God bless you. It's December, y'all. The last month of 2023. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say he's good because he brought me here. I'm, I'm just glad to be here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, all of our December babies, come on and stand to your feet. Let us wish you a happy birthday. If you were born in the month of December, let us wish you a happy birthday. All of our December birthday. Come on, let's sing happy birthday to them. Happy birthday, December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, December. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy birthday, December babies. Now, now let me let me say let me say for them what they want to say, but they can't say it because they don't have a microphone. Um, uh, give them a birthday and a Christmas gift. See, she wants to say it. She, she ain't ashamed. She ain't ashamed. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't give them one gift to try to cover it all. Amen. Birthday and, and Christmas. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we're saying happy birthday. We want to also say happy anniversary to Larry and Rochelle Bingham celebrating their 41st 
anniversary. Amen. God bless you. 41 years. Amen. And while we're clapping, clap for Derek and Francis Ashley celebrating 39 years. Amen. 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 Anybody else on the December train? Y'all want to tell? Amen. God bless you. 41 and 39. God bless you. We celebrate you on this morning. Also, we want to congratulate Lynette Ballou, who was named the 2023-24 Teacher of the Year for Murrah High School this past Friday. Lynette, God bless you. Lenita, Lenita, good to see you. Good to, congratulations, Lenita. Amen. Lynn, God bless you. Teacher of the Year. What? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Congratulations on that. Listen, we want to remind you that on Sunday, December 10th, that's next Sunday, uh, our children and in-teen Sunday school departments will be presenting the greatest gift, Alpha Biblical Christmas, the story of Jesus' birth on December 10th. Again, that's next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. That's going to be in the gymnasium in the Willie Wright uh, Family Life Center. We want all of you to come out, see our babies, see our children put on the Christmas story. Amen. You know, can't nobody do it quite like us. Amen. So come out and celebrate that with them again, 930 next Sunday in the Family Life Center Gymnasium. Also, want to remind you that the, um, the youth department, the K Chapel Youth Department, is inviting all of our youth to the Jingle Jam. Now, I don't have any information on that, but I like the name of it, Jingle Jam. It says, come and enjoy the music, the fun, and the games at the Jingle Jam. It will take place uh, December 16th from 3 to 5 p.m. Also in the Family Life Gym, they want you to RSVP by December 11th by scanning the QR code that's on the screen now. Or you can go to the K-Chapel app, I'm sure, K-Chapel app or the website uh, and do that as well. I'm pretty sure they got it there as well. So make sure that you get your child registered for the Jingle Jam. Amen. It's just for, is it just for young people? For my youth director. Okay, just for young people. There she is. Just for young people. All right, all right. I'll take you at your word. Amen. If I show up, y'all let me in. All right. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We thank you for those announcements. Come on and let's receive now our tithes and offerings, period. Good morning, Kate Chapman. We've been talking about the birthday babies for March, right? But it's December. Mine is in March. So don't forget about the real birthday for this month. That's Jesus Christ. Don't forget about him because he is the reason for the season. He's the greatest gift that God has given us to us all. And we can't beat him giving, but we can try. That's me what I'm saying right now. It's tithes and offering time. This is the time where we all get the opportunity now to bless the Lord through our giving. We do understand here at Cade Chapel that to fully worship God does include our offerings, which are given primarily for three reasons here at Cade Chapel. The first reason we give because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. The second reason we give because uh, we want to show thanksgiving for God providing provision for all our needs. And the third reason why we give here at K Chapel is simply because we just want to see the kingdom of God grow through the missions and ministries that occur here, throughout our city, our state, our nation, and even around the world through K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. 
You can give by using the letter, the traditional letter. You can mail it in, or you can drop it off at the office. They got signs on the door. Or you can also use the Cade Chapel app. Now, for those of you that are with us by way of live stream, you too can bless the Lord through your giving by utilizing the number that's on your screen. Now, to our visitors for today, we do not want you to miss out on your blessing. So we just want to remind you that the offertory basket will be available for you to drop off your offering, your love to God, as you exit the door from the sanctuary. So, how much you give, and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to give cheerfully and liberally. For our God do love a cheerful giver. God bless you.
Most gracious Father, we come thanking you for being so good to us. We thank you for these gifts that have been taken in your name. And we ask they be used for the betterment of your kingdom and this church. We use and thank you for all things you're doing and things you've done. In your son Jesus' name we pray. We give thanks and now say amen. Jeremiah 17 and 14 says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall, I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are in my praise. Let us continue to pray for all of our bereaved families. I'm happy to report that as of this week, we have not lost a member to death. So I think that deserves a round of praise. In the hospital or nursing home or rehab, we have Sister Mary Bell, Brother Lymas Magruder, Brother Glenn Barnes, and Brother Al Levy. Recovering at home, we have Sister Anita Shaw, Sister Cecilia Bass, Sister Deborah Franklin, Sister Dorothy Jones, Mrs. Rosemary Stuckey, Reverend Leroy Harrington, Mr. Melvin Scott, Brother John Sanders, Brother Kavara Collins, Brother Willie Lindsay, Lindsay, Deacon Joe Lowry, and Brother Aaron Thompson, Jr. Also asking for prayer is Sister Annie Bailey, Brother Ricky Bailey, Brother Lawrence Lewis, Sister Lily Luckett, and Sister Johnny Jackson. Those related to the church that are asking for prayer includes Mr. Lewis Burns, Ms. Adrian Jeter, Ms. Lavincia Clark, Ms. McKenzie Emil, Nathan, Mr. Lenores Barner, Mr. Keith Frogger, Mrs. Dolores Phillips, Mr. Larry Milton, Ms. Demetrius Wallace, Mr. Clyde Cameron, Sister Jacqueline, Jacqueline Pendleton is asking for prayer for her sister, Mrs. Reese Collins, who was injured during an attempted robbery that required surgery. Also, we're asking prayer for the young lady that was with Mrs. Laquana Caston, who was highly traumatized and blames herself for what happened. We received a letter saying, thank you for everything you do. You make the world much more beautiful just by being you. Thank you from Dorothy Jones. And as always, we ask that you pray when you can Visit where you can, and each day, thank God that you can. Let us bow for a word of prayer. God, our Father, we come now in this moment of remembering those who need you most. God, we pray that you will show up in their lives as the great physician. God, we pray that you heal them of any sickness, whether physical, emotional, or spiritual, God. We pray that you heal them. You give them everything that they stand in need of. God, we also pray for those who will pray for them. God, we pray that you give us the words, that you give us the ability to pray, not only just for us, but for them. God, we're praying for their safety. We're praying for their health. We're praying for their family. And most of all, God, we pray for their souls. So, God, hear our prayer today and be the great healer that we know that you are. 
This is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen.
our Father and our God. How grateful we are. We're grateful for your gift of grace and mercy. We're grateful for your loving kindness. We're grateful for every good and perfect gift. For we know that they all come from the Father who is in heaven. More than all of these, we are grateful for the precious lamb. Thank you, Lord, for sending us your son. Born into sin. That we might be saved. What great love. God, now in this moment, use me in this thy service. Open our ears that we might hear, our eyes that we might see, our hearts that we might receive. And as the seed of your word is planted in the soil of our souls, we pray, O oh God, for an abundance of fruit. Use me now. In spite of myself, use me now in spite of my sin. Use me now that you might be glorified. We ask it in Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray. Every heart said amen and amen. Join me, if you will, in the book of Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Good to see you out there, Cedric. God bless you. Galatians chapter 4, beginning with verse number 4. There you will find these words recorded. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. That's enough right there. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about assigned arrivals. And parenthetically, the illusion of divine delays. Assigned arrivals. And the illusion of divine delays. I don't know anybody who likes delays. I don't know anyone who enjoys being delayed. When, when, when you go to the airport, for those of you who fly, and 
and you find your flight on the board of departures and arrivals, you are hoping that next to your flight number that there are green letters. Because green letters signify that your flight is on time. And you're feeling good because you have an on-time flight. But, but if next to your flight there are red letters, more time than often, that, that, that those red letters spell out the word delayed. And if you have a connecting flight, one delayed flight means that a few hours in the airport and a few hours in, time, in flight travel suddenly could turn into an all-day event. Uh, we don't like delays of any kind. When we show up at a restaurant, we want to be greeted, seated, and served. Talk to me if you can. Greet me, seat me, come on and talk to me here. But, but when the service is slow, the kitchen is backed up, and you have to wait for a long time for your food to arrive, even if you enjoy the company and the conversation that is at your table, the delay of the food can be irritating. Which I had some real Baptist folk up in here. Some of you will lay your Baptist down. If it takes too long, you know I'm right about it. We, we want things to be on time. We want, we want our packages delivered on time without delay. We want the contractor to finish the job on time without delay. We want the program or the event or the wedding to start Come on and talk on time without delay. We want our checks to come in the mail. I thought somebody would come on and go with me here. We, we want it on time. Don't mess with my money. We want it on time. Without delay. Too much passing of time and the human soul becomes anxious. The spirit gets restless. Too much delay in response and we become weary and worn with unmet expectations. Too much indirect action and we are left wondering sometimes, God, why is this taking so long? I mean, when it gets to the more weightier matters of life and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting, we have these questions that come up, Lord... What's going on? Don't you see my circumstance? Do you not care about my condition? Do you think too little of my situation? Why, God, are you delaying your answers to my prayer? Why are you delaying your response to my request? Why are you delaying the promise that you made me a long time ago? It, it's what David must have felt. When he wrote in Psalm 69 and 3, I am weary of crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. It's what Mary and Martha must have felt when Jesus finally shows up four days after Lazarus has already been dead. And both of them say to him, Lord, if you had just been here, our brother would not have 
that is what the Jewish nation must have felt, must have felt awaiting the coming of the Messiah whose arrival had been announced as early as God in the Garden of Eden when he says to the serpent, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Or, or even the 1,400 years after Moses declares in Deuteronomy, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him shall ye hear. Or, or the 700 years after Isaiah added his prophetic insight writing, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And yet even after that prophecy, there was still 700 years of waiting. Waiting through such long periods in between what God promises and what God performs, it can look like God is delaying what he has declared. It can feel like the Lord is lagging in performing what he has promised. And we wrongly conclude that the reason it, it hasn't happened yet is because of some kind of delay on God's part. But I like what Peter says in 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. In other words, God is not late on delivering his word. The Lord is not late in making good on his promises toward us. God has not lost track of time or somehow missed the date to deliver your blessing. And although some 1,400 years has passed from the time of Moses' declaration to the birth of the baby in Bethlehem, the arrival of Jesus was not a day too late or a second too early. It was an assigned arrival. Say that with me, assigned arrival. It was an assigned arrival. And what you must remember is that God is a much better planner than you could ever imagine. God sits in eternity aware of the past and fully informed of the future while weaving together each of our narratives with tailor-made precision in time. And nothing happens before or after its assigned time. Nothing. Nothing happens before or after its assigned time. Yes, it took a long time for God to finally send Jesus into the world as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. But the time that God takes is not due to any deficiency in planning or any delay in his execution. Rather, every arrival has an assigned time attached to it. Every arrival has an assigned time attached to it. And the issue with which you and I must grapple is that of faithfully waiting for the arrivals that God has assigned in our lives. In other words, don't get too anxious. Don't give up hope. Don't stop believing. There is an assigned time for its arrival. Your blessing has an arrival date attached to it. 
I believe that's what Paul is getting at in the text when he writes, but when the fullness of time had come. The fullness of time. The fullness of time. When the fullness of time had come. Fullness of time is a phrase that suggests that all of the things that were necessary and all of the people whom God wanted to use and all of the situations that God would allow to happen and all of the conditions that had to be put into place had all converged and come together so that now it was the right time. It was the right time. Not a day late, not a second early. When the fullness of time had come. It was the right time, I tell you. It was the right time religiously for his arrival because the Old Testament canon had been completed and the synagogue system had been developed so that it was functioning as a school and a judicial court and a worship center. And in Israel, there was also this fervent expectation of the Messiah's coming. It was the right time. It was the right time culturally with the spread of the Roman Empire. Greek is now the common language spoken through much of the known world. And a common language would mean that it would assist in the spread of the gospel. It was the right time. It was the right time commercially as Roman system, roads, or system of roads, roads connected the empire, making it easier for travel to go from this city to that city and from this country to that country, which means now that the gospel has wheels, it can go further than it has ever gone. It's the right time. The fullness of time had come. All of the necessary things, all of the necessary people, all of the necessary infrastructure and systems had come together and it was the right time. Here's what you need to know. In life, there are seasons that will look like nothing is happening, seems like little is taking place, feels like loose ends are just hanging out there with no conclusion in sight. But when the fullness of time has come, that's somebody's word right there. When, when the fullness of time has come, you've been wondering and worrying if the Lord has forgotten about you. When the fullness of time has come, you've been watching other folk fulfill their dreams and reach their goals and wondering when it's going to happen for you. When the fullness of time has come, you've been praying and faithfully waiting on the Lord to answer your prayers and you're about ready to give up. But wait, when the fullness of time has come, there are things that God has planned for you and orchestrated for your life that are already mapped out and timed out with sovereign precision. And when the fullness of time comes, when you are where you need to be and when others connected to you are where they need to be and when conditions are what they need to be, that's when the blessing is going to make its arrival in, I must be talking to myself in here. The temptation is for us to resist, or the, the, the temptation that we must resist is for us to look at life as if something is being delayed by God. 
We, we got to resist this temptation to think that situations have developed that have somehow caused God to have to redirect and delay what God has planned. If that were the case, that God had to look at life and suddenly redirect things, that would mean that God is no better than Delta Airlines. He's no more efficient than American, no more consistent than continental. If it were delayed, that would mean that God is somehow not in absolute control, but rather that he's responding to things as they happen. If it were delayed, that would mean that God is having to respond to situations and make adjustments along the way and develop contingency plans just to keep things and life moving. If things were delayed, it would mean that God is not only um, not omnipotent, but it would then mean that God is not omniscient because things happened then that good took God by surprise. Things happened that God didn't plan for. Things happened that weren't according to his schedule. So somehow God had to reorganize things and make things work so that he could get what he planned for for you into your life. No, God is omnipotent. God is omniscient and God has already planned and providentially orchestrated and appointed according to its time. God is not in heaven reacting and responding to life as it happens. The psalmist says, my times are in your hand which means that my life and everything that is a part of it is providentially kept by God. Oh, to be kept. Your career, it's in his hands. Your family, it's in his hands. Your future, it's in his hands. And in the fullness of time, everything that God has planned for you, everything that God has purposed for you, everything that God has promised you will come to pass. It may seem like it's delayed, but the time of its arrival has been assigned by the almighty God. So Paul says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Watch this. When all of the other pieces were in place and everything was in alignment to the sovereign will of the father, then God sent forth his son. Here's what you got to remember. The time before Jesus' arrival was not wasted. The time before Jesus' arrival was not wasted time. It was a time of preparation. It was also a time of prerequisites. And sometimes we want God's promises. And we have not taken care of the prerequisites. Ah, this is going to bless somebody. Some, sometimes we want God's promise and we have not taken care of the preparations. We want his promises and we have not done our due diligence with the prerequisites. We want the blessing and we have not taken care of our business. We want God to hook us up and we have not handled what is ours to do. While you're waiting and wanting the Lord to move, make sure you have not given him a reason not to.
While you're waiting and wanting on the Lord to move, make sure you have not given him a reason not to. Take care of the prerequisites. Take care of the preparation. Y'all looking at me mighty funny. Let me, let me see if I can break it down. You want a house, but have you made financial preparations? Talk to me if you can. You, 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 you want a certain kind of job, but have you taken care of the prerequisites for that kind of job? You, you want to be a in a relationship, but have you been healed from the last one? Have you learned the lessons from the last one? Because it's not going to happen a day before the preparations have been made and the prerequisites have been met. Y'all don't like this kind of preaching. Y'all just want me to talk about angels and shepherds. I know, I know you, I know you want me to get to the manger. I understand, I understand. But, but there's some prerequisites before the manger. There's some preparation before the manger. You, you got to deal with some stuff. With the assigned arrival of Jesus comes the fulfillment of at least three things. First thing, with Jesus' arrival comes the fulfillment of prophecy. It's in the text. Paul says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman. When Jesus makes his assigned arrival at the assigned time, it is in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Old Testament prophets told us how, where, and why Jesus would be born. How, where, and why. Can I show it to you? How will he be born? Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That's the how. How will he be born? Where will he be born? Micah tells you, but you Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from old, from ancient times. That's the how, that's the where. He even tells you why. Isaiah tells you why he will be born, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. The prophets tell us how he is born, where he is born, why he is born, but none of them tell us when he'll be born. That was left to God. Ah, it's the only thing that the Old Testament prophets didn't tell us about his assigned arrival is the when. Only God knew the when of Jesus' arrival. Somebody might be able to tell you the what, the how, and the why of your blessing, but they'll never be able to tell you the when. Because your times are in the hands of God. It's according to his time, according to his orchestration, according to his assigned time. Secondly, with the assigned arrival of Jesus comes the fulfillment of the law. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, born into sin, born under the law. 
The phrase born under the law reminds us that Jesus was born in the context of the Mosaic law. He was a Jew, circumcised on the eighth day according to the Mosaic law. He was a Jew presented in the temple with the sacrifice of two uh, of a pair of, do of doves or pigeons according to the law. He was a Jew born under the law, but Jesus was not himself under the law. For remember, Jesus says, I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. In other words, Jesus is born in time, in a time of a new dispensation from law now to grace. And Jesus says of himself, even though I'm born under the law, I'm above the law. Why? Because I am a fulfillment of the law. I wish y'all would come on and talk to me. I'm born under the law, but I'm above the law because I fulfill the law. You look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Listen to him teach about the fulfillment of himself in the law. In Matthew chapter 5, he says, you've heard it said that thou shalt not kill. But I say unto you, whosoever is angry with his brother. Y'all come on and talk to me here. He says, you've heard it said that thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whosoever looks at a woman and lusts after her. See, you already committed sin. It's in your Bible. It's, it's in your Bible. Matthew chapter 5, he said, You've heard it said that thou shalt not forswear thyself, but I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, neither by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head. In other words, he said, Listen, let your yea be yea, and let your nay be nay. You don't have to swear about anything. Just do what you say you're going to do. And don't do what you say you're not going to do. Wish I would. Ah, you've heard it said. He says, this is what the law says, but I give you the fulfillment of the law. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn the left to him also. You've heard it said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, you love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you. He was born under the law, but he was above the law because he was the fulfillment of the law. Fulfillment of the law. Thirdly and lastly, with his arrival comes the fulfillment of God's purpose and God's promise. The fulfillment of God's purpose and God's promise. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Here it is. Why? To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Jesus' arrival has divine purpose attached to it. This was no ordinary baby. He said, I'm sending my son to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. This was no ordinary baby. And Paul is not writing an ordinary letter. 
this Paul to the church at Galatia, this, this letter to the church at Galatia, Paul is writing in order to explain not the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, not to explain the genealogy of Jesus as do the gospel writers, but Paul is addressing the mistaken teaching that is taking place among new believers. And that teaching was this, that you needed to become a Jew first in order to really be a Christian. That, that's what they started teaching. Writing to Gentile believers who were being persuaded that they needed to adopt circumcision and, and law observance in order to be fully included in God's people. Paul responds with this forceful scriptural letter and argument that Jesus was born under the law to redeem those who were subject to the law. Ah. In other words, he, he says, listen, Jesus came so you could be redeemed from the law that you couldn't keep anyway. See, some of y'all don't know when to shout. He, he, he said, Jesus came to redeem you from a law that you couldn't keep. And the way he did it is because he is the fulfillment of every law. And, and so Paul really writes this letter saying, how dare you go back trying to keep a law that you couldn't keep in the first place. He says, what kind of sense? You've been redeemed. You've been saved. You've been brought out from under the law. Why are you now trying to go and put the law back on your shoulders? Grandma said, that's just foolishness. That, 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 that don't even make good sense. You, you've been brought out from slavery. And you want to go back to slavery. That ain't good sense. Paul, Paul, Paul says, no, whoever told you that got it mixed up. He said, no, Jesus came to redeem you from a law you couldn't keep. How? Because he kept and fulfilled every law that has ever been written. And then Paul goes on to say, now, what you need to understand is that the purpose of the law was never to save you anyhow. He said the purpose of the law was really a school teacher. It's in your Bible. He said the law was given as a guardian to, to try to show you where right and wrong is. God didn't give it to you so you would keep it because he knew you was going to fail from the beginning. But he said, if I don't give them something, they're going to act like they don't know right from wrong. He said, so I'm going to put it in writing so you can't have that argument. 
but it was never meant to save you. It was a school teacher. Wish I had a witness here. I feel my Baptist kicking in right here. The, the law was a school teacher, a guardian to give us guardrails of spiritual life. And, and while the law operated in this custodial function with the authority to restrain sin, it lacked any power to free us from sin. Ah, that's where Jesus comes in. I feel my help right here. That's why Jesus comes in. The law served as a disciplinarian, but Jesus served as a deliverer. The law served as a litigator, but Jesus served as a liberator. The law served as a judge, but Jesus came to justify. The law condemns us, but Jesus converts us. The law reminds us of our unrighteousness, but Jesus redeems us from our sin. Somebody ought to say, thank God for Jesus. Uh, thank God for Jesus. And here's the point, y'all, and I'm done. Here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. Paul ends the text on this one. He says that we might receive the adoption as sons. I'm through when I tell you this. That we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, now, now Paul is writing to a Gentile audience who is familiar with Greek and Roman culture. Under Roman law, adopted children had the same legal status as biological children. You missed it. I'm going to say it again. Under Roman law, adopted children had the same legal status as biological children. So whatever was going to a biological child, an adopted child, under Roman law, had access to the same stuff. You're going to get it in a minute. Paul says, I don't care if you were born into the family or if you were adopted into the family. As long as you, you're in the family. I wish I had a witness in here. I don't care if you got the blood or if the blood washed you. As long as Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You have access to the inheritance. That's why he says we all are sons and daughters and can cry out, Abba, Father, because your daddy is my daddy. And it doesn't matter how you get there. As long as you call on the name of Jesus, It's, that's why Paul says in another chapter, there is therefore no Jew or no Greek. There's no male, no female. There's no master, no slave. Why? Because in Jesus Christ, we're all the same.
all are heirs. We all are heirs. To Abraham's covenant, we all are heirs. And we take part. <sighs> I've never been so glad to be adopted in all my life. I'm adopted. I'm adopted. I'm adopted. And I celebrate my adoption. <laughs> you know why I celebrate my adoption? Because that means he chose me. He looked at me in spite of myself and said, I want him. I, I want her. And I, I know she done messed up. I know he done messed up, but they're still mine. And I, I'm going to send my son to take care of their sin. He adopted me. And called me his own. Thank God for Jesus. Who arrived at just the right time. Some, somebody, somebody can acknowledge in your own personal life that the Lord came at just the right time. You, you, you've been in situations, you've been crying, you've been weak, weary, and worn, and the Lord came at just the right, the right time. You, you wanted him to come before he came, but, but now that you're on the other side, you can acknowledge he came at just. Just the right time. He'll do it. Somebody knows he will. Somebody knows he will. He'll meet you in the darkness of night. He'll come at the right time. He'll meet you when you can't call your friend. He'll, he'll come at the right time. He'll meet you when you can't get in touch with your mama or your daddy. He'll, he'll come at just the right time. Ah. He'll come at the right time. The doors of the church are open. You can come by letter, by Christian experience, as a candidate for baptism. Wherever you are, the doors of the church are now open. Won't you stand to your feet? Let us celebrate together this on time, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The doors of the church are open. You can come now. Hallelujah. He's in on time. God, yes, he is. Come on and help us with that. He's in on time. God. Yes, he is. Oh.
the children of Israel trapped at the Red Sea by that mean old Pharaoh and his army. They had water all around them and Pharaoh on their track. Kind of nowhere stepped in and built a highway just like that. Yes, indeed. The door of the church is open. Come down, come down, come down. You still have time. You'll be there. He's at home. Yeah. what we need and who understands when we need it and whatever we stand in need of God will get it to us on time hallelujah amen and amen now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit Rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.